Shut up, Leonard. I'm Matt. I'm Andrew. And we like community. We do. Uh, and if you like community and you'd like to hear us talk about it every week, you can go to BenviewNetwork.com slash ShutUpLeonard. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast provider. Shut up, Leonard. Pop, pop. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. I looked upon the rotting sea, and through my eyes away. I looked upon the rotting deck, and there the dead men lay. I looked to heaven, and tried to pray, but wherever a prayer had gushed, a wicked whisper came, and made my heart as dry as dust. Welcome aboard, intrepid listeners. Tonight, we return to the story we began a month ago, Red Sky at Night. If you have not had a chance to sample this particular wear, we suggest you do so before continuing further. We promise it hasn't gotten too rotten from being left out. To recap the story so far, seven people found that their cruise ship had become disabled and was drifting into the unknown, with everyone else having vanished. In a bid to escape increasingly supernatural happenings, the survivors gathered supplies and set themselves out to sea in a life raft. However, by this time, only three of the seven remained, and now faced the horrors of this strange patch of ocean, alone. The men harden their hearts, embrace themselves for the unknown. They took turns rowing, and despite the occasional thump against unseen debris below, the process seemed to be going well. When Sean took the first turn at the oars, neither Graham nor Kenny could muster any admiration. There was no bravery in the hearts of these men, no heroism. There was only the raw and terrifying need to continue living. No one spoke. Sean was possessed of a single-minded drive. Though no sound came out, his mouth moved as if he was deep in a conversation with himself. Graham couldn't conceive of what to say to someone who had just lost his brother and nephew in the span of moments. Kenny couldn't conceive of how to bemoan his situation to a man who had lost his new bride. For an hour or so, nothing was said.
Getting tired. Can't keep us moving away from it. Rest for a bit, big guy. I'll take it from here. Thanks. Whoa. What now? It's not you, Sean. Fucking hell, it's like growing air. We're not moving an inch. It's no use. We're already drifting back toward the ship. Well, that's it. That's it. Fate. Fuck fate. Ah! Calypso! Calypso! No one took watch as the three slipped into a fevered sort of unconsciousness. If something took them in the night, then so be it. Better they be asleep, after all. In this semi-comatose state, they seemed to drift aimlessly on the sparkling, infinite canvas. Mercifully, they did not witness the thick, rolling fog they were now approaching. Nor could they notice the tremendous shadow within. The silhouette of a cruise ship. Hey, hey, guys, wake up. Whoa. What the hell? Where where did all these boats come from? All around the raft, a series of abandoned boats of every shape, size, and purpose turned and drifted in silence. A rusted and worn gunboat clashed against a shimmering yacht with a resounding crack. Speedboats mingled with catamarans. The burned-out ancient husk of a steamer slowly steamrolled a duck-shaped tour boat and crushed it into moldering yellow driftwood. Shit. Maybe Glenn was right about the ghost ship. I don't know. I think all these boats were like us. Lost at sea. A vessel graveyard. Hey, Sean, sit down. You're going to tip us. Uh, Holy uh, shit, watch uh, it. Yeah. Sean, what the fuck? I made it, didn't I? I'm gonna check out this speedboat. That idiot. What if he didn't make the jump? Uh, He did, and that's what matters. Let's paddle over there. He pushed us away when he jumped. The engine's dead. I'm going to the next boat. If he fucks up and hits the water... Here, let, let's just get on the speedboat. Put the, pull the raft up with you. That trawler he jumped on drifted too far. We can't make that jump. I wouldn't try it anyway. Maybe we should have left the raft in the water. No fuel. I'm born for that yacht. He's gone. The fog's not that bad. I can still make him out. You know what I mean. He's completely gone. Cabin doors locked! I got it! Aboard the yacht, the dark silhouette of a woman emerged from the cabin. She brandished the unmistakable outline of a pistol and stared through the fog. She stared at Kenny and Graham, 
who were in turn staring back at her. The shifting waters separated the vessels, and just as quick as she appeared, the woman and her boat were gone. Now he's really gone. God damn it! Who was that? I don't know. And frankly, I don't know if we ever will. So what do we do now? We... We have to find a boat that works. There's bound to be one. Fine. But let's be careful. I don't want to jump around like... Well, you know. Compared to the pinball-like ricochet Sean had displayed, Graham and Kenny moved at a snail's pace. Full of dread and slowed by fatigue, the two created a lasso of various boat tethers and gradually drew vessels close to them. They moved across the floating metal and fiberglass shanty town, always careful to keep track of the boat that now held their raft full of supplies. Any luck out there? Negative. Fuel lines are severed. Yours? This one doesn't even have a propeller! Each ship appeared to be dismantled in some manner. From ground gears to burnt-out engines, they were met by one disappointment after another. Upon settling in a tiny metal fishing boat, the first favorable discovery was made. Admiral, we've located a cooler. What have you got, Admiral? Ta-da! Three six-packs of beer. Good work, Admiral. I'm putting a good word in for you when we get home. As long as this stuff's any good. Permission for inspection, Admiral? Permission granted. Flat. But better than anything else. Water goes foul on a voyage, but alcohol holds true. Question? Yeah? If two men are stranded alone in the ocean and nobody's around to see them litter, is it illegal? (laughs) (laughs) You know all that shit ends up in one place, right? All the plastic and styrofoam shit people toss in the water? It all drifts together in this big swirling dead zone. Who gives a fuck? Fuck the ocean. We should really keep moving. After everything we've been through, even this feels like a break. God damn. Okay, where to next? We haven't tried the engine on this one yet. Check the outboard motor. (laughs) Uh, Aye, aye, sir. Anything? Don't rush me. I know what I'm doing. At least check the dipstick. Fuck off, I've got this. We have oil. Wow, almost a full tank, too. I'll start the fucker up, then. Let's see what happens. Fingers crossed. Ow, fuck! I knew it was too good to be true. What happened? Fucking cord won't pull. It gets snagged halfway, see? Uh, there's something caught in the propeller. Maybe we can clear it. Pull the engine back. Shit! As expected, 
the blades that would normally propel the boat had been disabled. A tangled, thick nest of human hair was wound around the entirety of the blades, weaving over and between in an unmanageable cloth. Within the hair, small crustaceans scattered and dove. Attached to the hair, a woman's bloated, rotting head. The grotesque stowaway abruptly ended at the neck. It's never a good thing. I... Uh, I... Kenny, let's get the beer and get back to the speedboat. We store the beer with the raft and fresh water. Why do we even bother? We don't even need the raft anymore. It does us no good. Fine, we'll ditch the raft. <laughs> Off she goes. She was a good raft, she was. <laughs> Sounds like someone I dated in high school. So I guess if Sean were here, he'd say... Let me see if I can get this right. Okay, motherfuckers. Which motherfucker is going to take the first motherfucking watch? Eh? (sighs) I'll stay up. You get some rest. You sure? Yeah, no problem. Plus the beer will be gone by the time it's your turn. Better not be. Graham stared at the sun for a moment. It was already climbing toward noon. He wondered if he'd even be able to relax at this time of day. After climbing into the ship's cabin and pushing past the broken latrine door that hung on its hinges, he found a large, square bed. Though it was unmade and smelled of human sweat, Graham was no longer capable of being squeamish. Above deck, Kenny reclined on a sun-faded seat and opened his fifth can. A cargo ship passed some distance away, moving too slowly to be a threat, even if it was angled toward him. On the railing of the ship, a row of seagulls sat in a regimented line. They appeared to be placed at wing's length. Ain't nobody here but us seagulls. Ain't nobody here at all. So calm yourself with all that fuss. Ain't nobody here but us. Kindly turn that gun the other way. And Below deck, Graham felt his eyes getting heavy as the oddly soothing drunken lullaby continued. He only returned to consciousness for a moment as he heard a dull thud against the side of the ship. From his position and the position of the sound, he could tell it had come from underwater. Something had struck the boat from beneath. Sam? Graham rolled onto his stomach, put his hand against the wall of the boat. His eyes drooped down once again as he listened to the soft squeal of a human hand sliding down the exterior of the vessel. Graham knew he was dreaming. The entire time, he was well aware that nothing he was experiencing was real. He had arrived on land, where he was met by Sam and his mother. They had both been worried sick about him, 
and covered him in a flurry of desperate, heartbroken kisses. Graham told the two most important women in his life that he'd come back to them in a moment. And even though they vehemently protested, he turned and walked back to the water. At the edge of the ocean, Graham grasped a hand that thrust itself from the darkness below. The hand belonged to Glenn, who thanked him profusely and walked off. Graham then pulled out the old man in white, then Miles, then Jack, who followed Glenn up the shore. When Graham pulled Sean out of the water, the large man crushed him in a bear hug and mussed his hair with one tremendous hand. <laughs> Don't ever let me die again. You got that, douche? Graham turned toward his girls once more, only to hear a choking, wet cry from behind him. He returned to the water again and looked for a hand to grasp. Instead, he was met only by Kenny's pale, frozen face beneath the lapping waves. His wide, reddened eyes met Graham's as a single last bubble of oxygen left his lips. <gasps> Kenny? Oh, what the hell? Kenny? 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 Oh no. No, no, no. I, I, I can't. Not alone. I can't be alone. Suddenly, Graham realized that the man had probably shifted to another boat. In some drunken show of courage, Kenny must have gone to collect the things they would need to make their escape. Indeed. He was surely on some mad sea-trotting scavenger hunt. When Graham weakly pulled himself against the railing, however, he saw no other ships. There was nothing now by the thick, cottony walls of fog. Oh, God, no! The speedboat floated sideways for hours. Graham had begun a count in his head, though it had done little to help him in the brig. After enough time passed, the steadily increasing numbers were replaced with a countdown. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, land. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. <gasps> A dark shadow emerged some distance away. As Graham stood and moved toward it, the black mass began to take shape. It had a wide base, gradually tapering to a peak. The outline of the thing was contoured as if comprised of rock and soil. Land! 
Land, land, land! <laughs> land! For a moment, he considered leaping off the boat and paddling to shore. However, even as he was now within sight of safety, this still seemed too great a risk. Instead, he gathered as many supplies as he could carry and made his way expectantly to the side of the ship. The side that was now facing land. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, I don't even care if I spend the rest of my life stranded. It's enough to be on solid ground. As the boat drifted closer to its goal, Graham could feel himself salivating. He could think of nothing but the taste of the dry, salty sand he was about to kiss. The fog parted as he drew closer. 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 Soon, the mass was well within sight, and his vision had become clear. Bodies. Putrefying. Desiccated. Bloated. Skeletonized. Crushed. Broken. Severed. Bloody. Green. Picked apart and sun-scorched. Such a wide variety. Hundreds. Thousands of corpses. The island mass was comprised of nothing but remains of the dead lost at sea. Each body laid still, well and truly dead, all the way to the peak of the miniature continent. Crabs scuttled along the frozen faces. They picked at eyes and removed tongues. Gulls clustered in the skies and dove for snatched bits of flesh. The tide beat against the grim, fetid beach, bringing with it yet more corpses. Fresh bodies dressed in crew's outfits. Graham surveyed the enormity of this floating graveyard. He wondered if it was even floating at all. Or if this heap of discarded flesh and bone indeed persisted to the very ocean floor. Graham retrieved a flare gun from its baggie, quietly thankful that he'd held onto it. As he put the barrel into his mouth, <laughs> I like to think that he knew. I think that this man figured it all out in the half second before he blew his brains out in a fiery red blast. I want to believe he finally understood what I am. It's sunset again, and the sky is turning a deep, beautiful scarlet. What a bleak and truly horrific tale. We may never truly understand the power of the sea, and perhaps it's better that way. Be wary on the waves, dear guests, for the tides and fathoms hold mysteries and frights best left alone. Until next we convene, pleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight Marinera is a bi-monthly podcast written, produced, directed, and mixed by David King. 
This episode featured the voice talents of Sarah Williams, Peyton Pearson, David King, and Fabian Alonzo. Red Sky at Night is based on the original short story written by Slime Beast. You can read this and other works of his at slimebeast.com. Comments? Suggestions? Sea shanties, sailor's yarns, and fish stories? Please feel free to leave feedback wherever you listen to this. Email us at midnightmarinera at gmail.com, or follow us on Twitter or Tumblr. And hey, if you want to contribute to the show and rudely interrupt weddings by talking about the curse we incurred by killing an albatross, consider becoming a patron and supporting Midnight Marinera's Patreon page with a small monthly donation. Special thanks to recent VIP Mike Walpole for his generous donation this month. Thanks for listening.